the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hi, everybody. Ron Geyer back again. End Time Insights, part two. This means war. We've been talking about getting the church up and running to know how to do our defense of our nation, to defend the faith, to protect our brothers and sisters in Christ, to reach out to the world during this time of deception on a worldwide level, actually. And we want to make sure that you are equipped in the body of Christ. Well, you are equipped. We want to make sure that you know how to use your weaponry, that you know how to recognize the enemy when he comes upon you. You want to know uh, what's being told to you is true, what is false. You need to be able to know the difference between right and wrong, true and false, lies and the truth. And it's so important that you have this knowledge that you utilize every weapon in your armor that the Lord has given you to. We were using some scriptures. We're heading over to Ephesians 6. We're going to get there. We're going to talk about the full armor of God. But I wanted to give you a couple of scriptures that I found while I was studying this week. They're really so good. You understand where we are. We're in the midst of the so-called lockdown or the stay-at-home safety or the extreme measures being taken by our government in their effort, which they believe is to stop the spread of the virus. Truth be told, this virus is nothing more than the flu. New news is coming out about the extent of the damage of the virus, how it is pretty much just on par. It's just another virus. They've exaggerated the numbers that tell you how many people have died for their political purposes. Once again, my firm belief, this is totally political. The virus is real. Don't mistake me there. But this is all designed to uh, keep us from voting in the election in November. That's why they keep on telling you, well, it's going to be revisited in the fall. Well, they've got all these mandates out there that will ensure that it will be here in the fall. If they had just let everything run its course, let the children go to school, it's called the herd, whatever, the herd immunity. We build up our bodies. They're, they're designed by God. They're wonderfully made by God. You are fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of God. And God has equipped the human body to withstand these viruses. And it would have happened like that, but we went ahead, we shut down interaction with people, which is one of the quickest ways. And instead of stopping the spread of the actual virus, what we are doing is we are stopping the spread of the immunity that would come naturally through the human body that God has placed in us to fight off this. But I want to talk to you about Proverbs twenty six twenty five. It's very important. Okay. I don't condemn anybody uh, as a pastor or a leader if they close their church. Uh, we had limited knowledge there. We uh, were operating under false pretenses and that's all well and good, but that's behind us. Now, let me give you Proverbs twenty six twenty five. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. Okay, we were deceived. We were tricked. We shut down our churches. The government 
didn't order you. They cannot order you, but they suggested. They had protocols in place under the guise of keeping people safe. Well, we're now learning that these protocols, they're false. You know, wearing cloth masks, you know, they used to wear cloth masks in the hospitals all the time. But in the 1980s, they discovered that they did not stop the virus. They actually were an agent in promoting the virus by the moisture being attached to them that were going ahead and and attaching the viruses to the moisture in the mask. So it's just something that they did. You will not find cloth mask in the uh, medical field anymore. And it's just, here we are, we're going back. Any trick that they can use to keep us at bay, to keep us away from our freedoms, to keep us from thinking for ourselves, that's what's being done now. You want to be wise. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. We have given way to the wicked. Don't forget, when the church refuses to engage the enemy in battle, he just keeps coming. Satan just keeps coming and coming and coming. And the church thinks right now, we really haven't heard from God. We have not come to any faith in this. We're still operating under the orders of those that give us our protocols. And we're like neutral. And you've got to understand this. In the kingdom of God, passivity... It's not neutrality. In the kingdom of God, passivity is surrender. You must understand that. And we can no longer keep this place of surrender. We have got to get back in churches. We have got to get back in full operation of churches. None of this social distancing, none of this masking, none of this glove stuff. We will be fine. We live in Texas. We serve the living God. The heat and the sun is a natural defense against this stuff. And we just need to be wise and full of faith and get back doing what God's told us to do. According to scripture, when we back off, when we give way to the wicked, our witnesses compromise. We just saw that. We become like a muddied spring, you know, and I don't want to be considered a muddy spring. No, no, no. Out of my belly shall flow rivers of living water, pure water, and I want life out of my mouth to be coming for everybody. You know, right now, every time you're on the, on the news, you're being ministered to death. They're talking about the death totals. They put them up there. They fudge them, but they'll tell you how much they are, how they're increasing. They tell you how cases are getting worse and worse and worse. It is all designed to keep this virus in your face going right up to the election so that we do not hold a presidential election because the left, the globalists, those who hate God, those who hate you, those who hate the church, those who hate America's freedoms, they know Trump will win the election. So they're doing everything that they can. It's a fraud. You need to be wise to that. Like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. The problems with being a muddied spring are twofold. Number one, you can't really drink or satisfy one's thirst out of a muddy spring. You just can't just picture a a little river bank and you've got the horses crossing and they, they get through or a herd of cattle go through it. That water is full of mud. It's no longer fit for consumption. The other problem with uh, being a muddy spring is, you know, you can see your reflection in clear water. And what happens is when we compromise, when we give way to the wicked, we lose the vision of who we are because you can't see yourself in that water anymore. And we are operating, forgetting who we are. We give our way to Satan. Satan has no way like a muddy spring or a polluted well, are the righteous who give way to the wicked. God never gave Satan away in this earth. He's here illegally. He does not belong here. Uh, God has no provision for his presence. He has no way, but he does have a way when we give way. And that's what we've done. We have given way to him. The church is going to have to stand up and just say, stop. We're going to have to go up, put up our hands and say, no longer. We are going to have to assert our authority. We're going to have to get in the battle. 
you know, just by our compliance to the wishes of the government's protocols. I think mean, uh, today, as I record this, well, as you're listening to it, it's been like a week uh, since uh, the mayor and the county judge went ahead and mandated the wearing of masks. And I'm a rebel in this regard. I'm sorry. You know, I know that I'll be healthier without the mask. I understand that. Other people have been deceived. They've got mandates on there. And I understand you got a job. you got to follow your boss's orders. You don't have any choice in the matter. And yet we've been praying all week prior to this program that Governor Abbott would make the right decision. He would overturn this unconstitutional mandate for closing our city down, for the uh, mandated wearing of masks, which actually do more harm than good. I'm not a doctor, but I am a man with common sense. I listen to people who know the Lord, who tell you the truth about what is happening, and I am aware of the political motivation behind this. But back to the Word of God. You know, Second Corinthians 2.11 talks about, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. And that scripture is normally referring to about uh, forgiveness, about people in the church not forgiving one another. And he says, you got to forgive one another, lest Satan should gain an advantage over you. But I want to take it and apply it to here right now. Lest Satan should gain an advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I tell you right now, as a, just a regular saint like you, um, born again, I love God. The Holy Spirit lives inside me. I read my Bible. I pray. I ask for forgiveness when I sin or when people offend me. And I worship the Lord. And that's me. And that should be you also. And yet the Bible says when we do that, we are not ignorant of his devices. And you can tell that the church is not reading their Bibles. You can tell that the church is walking in error. The church is walking in carnality because we have become ignorant of Satan's devices. And we are letting him utilize fear to control our actions. But let me say this. In 2 Corinthians 2.11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. He's got an advantage of us right now. And we have become ignorant of his devices. You're going to love this scripture. This is going to open your eyes in the uh, Passion Translation. It's fabulously interpreted. Let me read it. You're going to love this. Uh, Satan, where is it? Should come in. Oh, yeah. Okay. Second Corinthians 2.11 in the Passion. Lest Satan should circumvent us, for we are not ignorant of his devices circumvent us. That means he's going around. He's pulling an end around. He is not confronting us face to face. We are not having a face to face battle with the devil. We are not in armed conflict with him where we see him. He sees us and everything. The gloves are off and we are in battle. That's not what he does. He pulls an end around the church. He goes ahead and he avoids us. He circumvents us and he has to do that. Because he knows he cannot defeat the church in a one-on-one face-up battle. And it is so important that we recognize this is one of his tactics. We're talking about this means war. We're talking about spiritual conflict, spiritual battle. And we're talking about the church engaging the enemy. And Satan has tricked us. He has not come and fought us and called us out and said, let's do battle like Goliath and David. What he's done is he's gone around us. He has circumvented us. He has eliminated the opportunity for us to defend against him through deception where we are just over there out from the battle. We are not doing our job. We don't know God as we should. I'm sorry. You know, this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Satan will keep pushing and pushing and pushing, and God will keep allowing and allowing and allowing until at some point the church stands up and says, no more, that's enough. We have had better hurry, though, because we're running out of time. Revelation 3.17 talks about this, and this is talking about the Laodicean church, and it's the one that was lukewarm, remember? Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing— 
and knoweth not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. That's what Jesus said about his church at Laodicea. Now, some would say that the uh, church of 2020 is the Laodicean church. You know, I personally think that in the book of Revelation, when Jesus is talking about the seven churches, we are all seven, you know, with the good and the bad. It's a warning to his church. There's not one church here and one church there. We are the body of Christ. We are his body. He is our leader. We have the Holy Spirit inside us to lead us and guide us in the way that we should go, to lead us into all truth. And we err as a body. When one mourns, they all mourn. When one rejoices, we all rejoice. And so I think all those seven churches are descriptions of the church at all times, throughout all ages, right up until the millennial reign of Christ. And so here we are now as a church, and Jesus says, hey, you think you're rich and you've got increased of goods. That's so appropriate, a conviction of us in America today. You know, we're big on prosperity, big on looking good, thinking that gain is godliness. Well, that's not what the Bible says. And the Bible says right here in Revelation that we think we have need of nothing. I think we've got need of quite a lot of things, man. We've got need of our faith. We've put our faith. We've made shipwreck of our faith. We did not deal with this coronavirus in faith at all. We dealt with it in fear. We copied the way of the world. You know, we're so spoiled in America. God doesn't ask very much from us. And it's a good thing because we don't give him much. You know, life is easy in America. You know, Diane and I, we learned years ago Uh, We came in under the Word of God, the Word of Faith movement, and Jerry Savelle was one of our favorite teachers at that time, and he talked about this principle. He goes, what you compromise to keep, you will lose. And the church, they said, don't have church, don't hold church. And once again, I'm not condemning anybody. We had limited information, but we did have the Holy Ghost. We did have prayer. We could have prayed. We could have fasted. We could have asked God one-on-one, what do you want us to do, Lord? There was a lot of uncertainty about what was going on. Few churches said, we're going to go ahead and we're going to honor our, our mandate to have church. We're going to stay open. Some of them were sued. Uh, some of them were threatened. Uh, some of them got sick. And yet at the end of the day, I honor them for doing what they did. And no condemnation. But now it's time to get back up and running. Now it's time to go to church. Now it's time to engage the enemy. And we don't do the same thing that we did. You know, we didn't call out the sin. We didn't ask for national repentance. Franklin Graham one of my modern faith day heroes, man, he did. And he stood tall and he he pretty much stood singular in doing that. But every time he had the opportunity, he would call out sin. I just saw something yesterday where it was, I was reading it about Franklin Graham. I forget who he was talking to. It may have been Rosie O'Donnell. No, it was Donna Brazile. And she was talking about the fact that she was going to protect life. That's how she was going to wear a mask. And Franklin Graham sent her an email or a text to her Twitter. And he said, look, Donna, since you are so empowered and so passionate about defending life. How about you come and join us at our next anti-abortion rally? I think that was great. But he called her out and he challenged her. And that's what we need to be doing, not hiding in the corner. The Bible says open rebuke is better than secret love. You know, we've done exactly what the scripture talks about to do in Ephesians. Ephesians 6.10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That's what he asked us to do. We had a great opportunity when everybody was closing down. We had a great opportunity to be separate. We had a great opportunity to demonstrate the power of his might, but we didn't. We just went the way of the world. We went the way of the world. We read that again in the first sentence I gave you. Like Proverbs 26, like a muddied spring or a polluted well are the righteous who give way to the wicked. 
we're the church. We're walking in the highway. We're walking in the holy way. We're walking in the way that leads into eternal life. Narrow is that way. And yet we chose to get off of that path. We chose to follow the way of the world. Once again, that's behind us now. What will the church do moving forward? It's so important. We've got to just buckle up and get back into the word of God and start preaching repentance and start letting people know the truth. You know, I believe it's time to get back in the game. And I know it's not too late. I I really believe that with all my heart. You know, God, he's our leader. Jesus Christ is our Lord. This is his church. It's never too late for the church. As long as the church is here, man, we have authority, we have power, and we have the hope. We have the ability to go ahead and rescue this world that's going to hell. We have the ability to stand between sin and the sinner. We have the ability to stand between hell and eternal damnation for the people that don't know God yet. But we cannot let them think that what they're doing is right. We have to let them know that what they're doing is wrong. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He not only tells you to be strong, he tells you where to stand. Where do you stand? You're standing in the Lord. The church sat down during this. We didn't take our place. We didn't take our place between the sinner and hell. We didn't protect anybody. We didn't intercede for people. We sat there. We worried about how are we going to function as a church when they close the doors? Well, we need to open those doors in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't need the government to tell us to get back to the work. The people of America are deciding when we go back to work. We are standing up. We are protesting. I went to a local protest the other day downtown here with Dr. Hotze, a couple of hundred saints of God who weren't going to be deceived anymore. We weren't going to be intimidated anymore. You know, we cannot neglect our faith. You know, we cannot forget who we are. And we definitely can never forget who God is. And we have got to be able to make sure that we show him at every turn to the people. This country needs faith. This country needs Jesus Christ. This country needs the church. It needs the church standing up triumphant. I want to pray. You know, we made a mistake. Okay, fine. But the Bible says if we confess our sins and we confess our faults, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So just listen and pray with me. I just want to take a minute. Lord God, we have sinned. We have sinned as a church, Father God, and we have been faithless, Lord. Lord, we let Satan dictate to us. We didn't fight. We didn't stand, Lord. We didn't seek you. We didn't find you. We didn't show you to anybody, Father. Forgive us, Lord. We now, we've learned that these mandates weren't spirit-led. They were Satan-led. They were Satan-bred, and they were Satan-fed, and we fell for it. Well, now we know, Father God, we stand up again. We receive the forgiveness that you offer. We awake unto righteousness, Lord. We awake to the battle. We know in whom we have believed, and we are persuaded that you are able to keep those things which we have committed unto you against that day. And that day is here. It's the evil day that's here, Lord. Lord God, we curse sickness and disease at its roots. We have no fear, Father God. The virus has a name, and the Bible says that every knee shall bow to things that are named in the earth, things that are named in heaven, things that are named under the earth. And that name of virus must bow before the name of our King, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Father God, we commit to speaking the truth in love, Father God, to the entire world, especially to those in America. We rebuke vile, foul spirits of lies and deceits in the name of Jesus. We shine your light of truth upon them. Father God, open rebuke is better than secret love. We don't care who it offends. We will offend you no longer by our inaction, by our cowardice, Father God, our fear and our compromise. Oh God, wash us in your word, Lord God. Lord, we are strong, we are willing, we are ready, and we are able. We commit our lives, we commit our reputations, our sources, our resources, and our sacred honor in defense of those 
who don't know what they are doing, Father God, whose souls are hanging in the balance, Lord God. Satan, you foul demon of lies and wickedness. We call these people saved. We call them healed. We call them delivered. We mark them for God in the name of Jesus. We wash them in the precious blood of Jesus. We speak to you in the might and the power and the fearlessness of God's spirit of holiness. You go from them, Satan, in Jesus' name. Go far from their lives. Flee from their borders in Jesus' name. Loose their minds that they too may know the love and the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Father God. We thank you. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and your ears are open to our cry. One last point. Well, I still got time. Back to school, scriptures and study. Hallelujah. The Bible says in Ephesians 6, 11, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's time to get dressed. Unlike some, I believe you put this armor on at the new birth when you get saved. You don't work your way into the armor. When you get saved, you put it all on and you don't take it off at night when you go to bed. You don't remove it when you shower. For example, the helmet of salvation, right? Put on the whole armor of God. The helmet of salvation is included in the armor of God. And the Bible says it's the armor of God. It's not yours. It's his. You put on the helmet of salvation. Well, are you saved when you're sleeping? Of course you are. You're just not saved when you're awake. You had that helmet on whether you're awake or asleep, whether you're outside in the field or you're in your home, you're in the shower or you're in the swimming pool. You have the helmet of salvation on. It's part of your eternal armor. God's given it to you already. Why would you ever take it off? When would you desire not to be saved? Understand, you're saved all the time. This is an eternal 24-7 salvation. Another quick comment before I go is I want you to understand it's not your armor. It's God's armor. God says, put it on. Mankind, you have no armor of yourself. And that's the problem that we have with this virus daily. We didn't remember who we were. We didn't know that we were clothed in the armor of God. We dealt in our flesh. For some reason, the church could not get to the bottom of this. We did not seek his face to get to the divine wisdom that he offers us. And we just let the world dictate to us. We put the protocols that man has set up there as our guideline. No, we have the guideline. It's in the Bible. We stand tall. Paul, he fought and he fought and he fought. He fought when he was surrounded by saints. He fought when he was surrounded by demons. He fought when he was alone. Rick Renner, in his book, I introduced you to his book last week, Life in the Combat Zone. He made this comment about Paul. It was great. If no one else will stand with you, the Lord will stand with you. He'll be faithful to come forward, to stand alongside you, to support you, and to help you. We have got to adopt that mind state. I I don't care if anybody doesn't stand with me. The Lord will come aside and he will stand with me. And whatever I have to go through, I won't go through it then with my brothers and sisters in Christ. If they leave me, I will go through it with the Lord Jesus Christ. It's so important that we recognize this. Uh, I'm going to stop right here. There's another point I want to get into. I've only got a minute and a half. I don't want to rush through that. Well, let me preface it real quick. Okay, the weapons of our warfare on our carnal. What does this armor enable us to do? We'll read it right there. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Stand. He even tells us where to stand. You know, we don't have to guess, where do I stand? No, it's not in the corner where we've been. It's not in military formation, no. And it's not even in a church view. We are to be standing against the wiles of the devil. And the Amplified reads that, the schemes and the strategies and the deceits of the devil. That's where we're supposed to be standing. God doesn't ask us, or rather he doesn't command us to stand up face to face to the devil. We don't have to do that. 
We just have to stand up against his wiles, his deceptions. During this deal concerning our task with the China virus, you know, Satan and his minions, they schemed their strategy. They deceived us. And they were so successful because the church was not standing in the gap against these schemes and these strategies. It's so important. Just like Jesus Christ, we ought to be standing between the world and their sin, the world and their destruction. It's our fight. We lay down our lives to protect them from hell, to keep them from eternal damnation. But right now, we're too busy. We're self-thinking, self-minded. You know, we're fearful of losing churches, losing our jobs, losing our families and our comforts. Way more than we love the sinners, and that's got to change, man. Remember, what you compromise to keep, you will lose. You know, my faith isn't just for me. It's for the people that I love that I don't uh, see serving the Lord God. And that's, that's what this message is today about, to get you involved for your neighbors and your friends. The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's not just for you, it's for everyone you know. I'm Ron Gaira. These are End Time Insights. We'll see you next week. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.